most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. Bats. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Week 16 Fantasy Flex Main Slate episode presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. Joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? Crazy ass week, but at least it gives us Tuesday night football, right? Yeah. Uh, so pretty excited for some action tonight. I have a handful of props out there. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a, a gift for the week we had is, uh, two extra games a night. Yeah. should be interesting. Who knows if we'll get more, uh, the same in week 16, uh, as we record this on Tuesday afternoon, Marcus Valdez Scantling just got added to the COVID list. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Cole Beasley, who likely be out because I believe it's 10 days if you're unvaccinated, which uh, I believe he is not. So it's, uh, you know, starting off already, and uh, we'll see how many more big names get uh, ruled out, obviously. Um, you know, we'll try to go through these slates and uh, as best we can, but, you know, check our rankings at actionnetwork.com uh, for the most up-to-date projections because uh, these weeks uh, will be crazy. So there's a good chance that somebody we talk about might end up getting ruled out by the time Saturday, Sunday, or Monday rolls around. All right. All uh, right. Let's start, as always, before we get into the, each position and, and the main slate, let's just start with the Thursday night uh, matchup for Week 16. We have the San Francisco 49ers going to Tennessee to face the Titans. Niners are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 44-and-a-half. Sean, uh, captain spot, you know what I'm going to say. It's going to be Debo <laughs> Samuel. Uh, where are you going for the captain spot in this game? Yeah, I, I knew you were going to say that, and I'm not going to disagree. It's Debo for me as well. Um, you know, we're, we're still seeing this massive usage um, as a running back with Elijah Mitchell in the lineup. Um, even when he was in the lineup, he was still getting carries. But, and I was joking that he's only seen one catch each of the past three games, but we saw, you know, he had a four catch for six yards receiving line on top of his rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. So, Sky's the limit for him. He's the no-brainer captain play. Obviously, you can't go wrong with like a George Kittle or Jeff Wilson, assuming Elijah Mitchell is out again. But uh, you just can't pass up Debo here. And then we'll get creative when it comes to our flex spots. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Kittle could be a guy that thinks some captain lineups. Uh, the Titans have been one of the teams that has fared uh, among the best in the league really well against tight ends. Came into the week averaging just 38 schedule-adjusted yards allowed to tight ends and they rank eighth in DVOA. So not that Kittle is a guy that's going to get slowed down by any particular matchup uh, in terms of, you know, being like a top three tight end, but he may have a more, you know, mediocre game Mm -hmm. or he may not get in the end zone, things like that. Whereas Debo, I mean, he's been just like the end zone and him are just magnets this year. So (laughs) I think of the two guys who are only $400 apart, I I think that, you know, Kittle has a lower floor. And so that, that's why I like Debo over Kittle. Obviously, if you're mostly entering, you're going to get some Kittle in there as well. And Mitchell is questionable, so he hasn't been ruled out yet. So he's another player. Like, when he's been in the lineup, uh, he's seen 
huge workloads and has been usually productive. So he's kind of like a sneaky, sneaky play if he's ruled in. But, you know, there's some knee issues. So he'll definitely, I think the roster ship, especially in the captain spot, will still be low if he plays. So he's worth a, a, th- a dart throw. But Tennessee has been good against the run. But, you know, Mitchell, I just want to mention, he has been productive um, there. And then A.J. Brown's another guy that could oh, yeah. be an option. Uh, so yeah. there are some options here, but Debo is just like, yeah, head and shoulders above, <laughs> above the rest. Uh, all right. DFS cheat codes, guys that you would uh, kind of fill out your lineup with here. Um, so on the Tennessee side, you know, we're gonna have to see what's up with Deontay Foreman. He's banged up. Um, I think Dontrell Hillard could be sneaky, even if Foreman suits up. Um, if, if this turns in a negative game script, we've seen Hilliard um, sort of dominate in situations like that. But on the Tennessee side, it's, it's just tricky right now. Like you said, AJ Brown. Um, he went through walkthrough today, I believe. So he's he's trending in the right direction. If he does play, um, you know, I'll, I'll like him uh, as a cheat code or the captain slot. But if he's out again, you know, guys like uh, Cody Hollister, Chester Rogers should see uh, quite a bit of playing time. So it's worth taking a flyer on them. I think Nick Westbrook Akina will be the number one uh, weapon for the Titans if Brown's out. But, um, you know, they're going to put all the resources into shutting him down. So I think Hollister Rogers would be kind of the underneath guys. Um, I'll have flyers on. I'm on the 49ers side. We didn't talk about him, but Brandon Ayuk um, is always a great, you know, cheat code type of play. But I'm going deeper than that with Juwan Jennings. Uh, He's been pretty sneaky of late, uh, having a couple three catch games, including a touchdown last week. He's sort of like developing um, into that Kendrick Bourne role uh, where he's, you know, one of Jimmy G's favorite targets, uh, you know, in the red zone area. So I think Jennings is sneaky on a uh, showdown slate like this. Yeah, because the Niners aren't playing a bunch of those like true scrubs like, you know, Dwelly and Charlie Werner, the backup tight ends. They only get a couple of snaps. Uh, And then, um, you know, guys like uh, Trent Shurfield is not really getting any snaps these days. Uh, The other guy I'll mention on the Niners side, Kyle Juszczyk, you know, Juice, um, he's always going to kind of be a part of the game plan. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be a few plays kind of designed for him. And, uh, you know, even if it's kind of misdirection or, you know, throw off the defense, but they could happen in the red zone. So he's another guy that, you know, could potentially score a touchdown or get, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 points uh, if things break right. So like use check, he's just 1800, um, which is, you know, cheaper than pretty much any other running back. Uh, Jermichael Hasty is another one. You know, he'll play a lot on pass downs, him and use check, especially if Mitchell's out. I think if Mitchell's in, um, you know, that's where, you know, Hasty kind of is off the table. but. If Mitchell's out, I think Hasty is in there as well. And then, uh, yeah, that's like the, the Niners defense, I think, also. I mean, the yeah. Titans really, really um, could use A.J. Brown back. But now if you feel if, if Foreman's banged up, that's that still hurts. I mean, he's been their closest thing to Derrick Henry. You're obviously never yep. going to get close, <laughs> but um, he's the guy that's picking up the tough yards. He's the guy that's you know putting up the 100 yard game. So. Um, it's like, and like Julio, I mean, what's his deal? It looks like he's going to be out, right? Uh, he's questionable. Oh yeah. I'm just assuming he's out at yeah, this point. It's the same even if he plays, He's not playing. Right? Uh, it's yeah, like, <laughs> it's, uh, so yeah, the Titans offense, I mean, they've struggled to score points, you know, just look at their, their game since, uh, Derek Henry's went down really, obviously the receivers haven't been healthy either, but you know, they've struggled to score 20 points in, in games. They struggled to move the ball. So uh, I think that the Niners defense has been really consistent. Hasn't had a blow up game of late, but, you know, a bunch of nine point, you know, right on the mm-hmm. cusp of double digits. Uh, all they need is like a touchdown. And, and I think you could have one of the highest scoring, you know, plays on the slate there with the San Francisco if they get a touchdown one way or another. So uh, San Francisco for me. 
All right. Yep. Yeah, I love the I love the use check call. Uh, just real quick, use check call is good, but he's almost like too obvious as a fullback. We always say like yeah. the fullbacks, backup tight ends. And what do we see? Thursday night football, Michael Burton of all people <laughs> scored a touchdown, and then Jesper Horsev, like the eighth string tight end for the Bears, scores a touchdown. So you can never you know go deep enough when it comes to these games. So maybe like a carry blasting yeah. game. I don't even know who's <laughs> your boy. A carry blasting game. I uh, could be in play as well, but always got to find one of those like troll touchdowns well, on a showdown slate. How about this? Cause I, I'll give you a little more realistic option. Then <laughs> yeah, game, he usually like the <laughs> thing about blossom game. He usually doesn't touch the ball unless he's playing the backup halfback. So if Foreman's out, then maybe if not blossom yeah. game usually plays the fullback role. Cause uh, Tory Carter, their other fullback um, was, was placed on IR, but a more realistic one, Michael Pruitt. That's you what know, I was going to say. Yeah. Yep. Michael Pruitt, like he might, you know, he has, he could go like five, six, seven straight weeks um, with like one catch in a game, but uh, he get he does get his red zone targets here and there. Um, so, you know, yep. he scored a, what, a couple of touchdowns over the last uh, 10 games. So, you know, he's an option as well. Obviously all the tight ends for Tennessee are kind of in play here. I'd rather the tight ends because the Tennessee, you know, with the way they're receiving course banged up, I feel like they, they tend toward the big, Set so like even though San Francisco numbers wise is really good against the tight end position, you're usually covering like one tight end. You know, you're not. You yeah. Know, when it comes to the second and third, you're not really docking them for a tough matchup. It's just kind of is what it is. So yeah, um, and we're not we're not looking for an eight catch game for eighty yards here. Just yeah, one t- catch for a five yard touchdown, uh, and you can win the slate because we're dealing with thousands of lineups where everyone's using the same players. So I just like to find just one unique player for each lineup. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Pruitt, Pruitt would definitely be one of those guys. And Ferks are even, I mean, I know he's not you know, he's <laughs> disappointed, you know, yeah. relative to what we thought might be the case, but he's still a guy that could wind up in a slot. Um, and he could like Ferks or could get eight catches. Like I know he hasn't, I think his high this year was probably what five, but like, he's a guy that like, if the game script broke, right, he could get like, you know, at least five catches. Let me, let me, let me not say eight, but five catches, um, which could be, you know, obviously very profitable yep. at, at 2,600. So yeah. Tight ends. That's that's the moral of the story. Look at the tight ends on on, <laughs> on Tennessee. All right. Uh, let's get into the main slate. Let's start a quarterback. Sean, who are your top five quarterbacks for week 16 as we record this early on in the week? Uh, so I have Mahomes number one for now, assuming Kelsey and Hill can play. Uh, then it's Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, uh, and then Jalen Hurts, and then Tom Brady at number five. I'm keeping him there, but Aaron Rodgers is basically tied with him, but I'm assuming he gets at least Mike Evans uh, to suit up here. So I'm sticking with Brady in my top five. Yeah, I'm, I got Mahomes number one as well. He would probably drop out of the top five if, if mm-hmm. Tyreek and Kelsey are, are ruled out. If one of them is ruled out, he, he, he would just drop out of the one spot. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Herbert, number two. Kyler Murray, number three. Uh, I flip flop him just because I think Herbert, you know, uh, I think they're going to be a little more aggressive. Uh, are the Chargers, and I, I just don't think that Murray in, in that offense is the same without Hopkins. Like, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it, it, it's still a talented quarterback, and it's still a guy that can run, but it's just a lot easier to cover without Hopkins, you know, kind of demanding two players. You know, like you can kind of play him a little straight up, more straight up, and then and then you could, you know, dedicate, make maybe that player you were going to double Hopkins with, now you can spy on Murray. So then you can play man coverage because now you have a spy. So it just, it changes everything um, with Hopkins out of lineup. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I agree, number four. And then I'm putting Aaron Rodgers, number five. Like, 
you know, like I, what else does a guy got to do, man? I mean, <laughs> like, you know, every week is just, it don't matter who's out there. As long, I mean, as long as Devontae's out there, doesn't matter what defense they're playing. doesn't matter what the spread is. It's like they cover and Rogers puts up big numbers. So, you know, I, it, I like, I can't, I can't knock Rogers out of top five. I think he's going to be in there regardless. And Brady, I mean, I don't know if Mike Evans is suiting up. I, like these early week optimistic projections, yeah. like I, I'd never <laughs> trust them. I know AB should be back, but like the way Brady played against uh, New Orleans and then, you know, it's getting late in the year. Carolina's a run funnel defense. Um, you know, I, I just, I think they, I think they could go back to like, you know, big heavy personnel with Gronk and Bray, maybe Howard, you know, Ronald Jones, just use him in the in like power sets and do it that way. It's the perfect kind of game for that, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't, I'm nowhere near trusting Brady um, at this point in the week. Uh, and then Josh Allen, another guy I probably should mention, you know, yep. really tough matchup. So he's, a, he's outside the top five for me as well. Uh, all right. Who you like for your DFS cheat codes, guys that you are higher on uh, than, than a consensus this week? Uh, so Jalen Hurts at 6,400. Um, he, he's too cheap. You know, his ceiling is way too high to be that cheap. We'll have to see how he plays tonight. With his ankle injury, I'm assuming he'll be close to 100%, but that could change my exposure later in the week. Um, and then Joe Burrow, I mean, you called it last week where, you know, he was facing man coverage, didn't really perform as well as you and I thought he would uh, perform, but this week he plays another man-heavy team in the Ravens. Shoot, you know, it could be a low-scoring kind of environment, but I, I think he's still s- sneaky at 5,900. You know, they lost Marlon Humphrey, um, so I, I think he could – bounce back this week his roster ship is going to be very low i think after last week so i think he's sneaky uh in gpps uh and then justin fields at 5200 against uh the seahawks you know uh with the bears out of uh playoff contention i think they just (laughs) let him rip the rest of the season why not so i think with his dual threat ability at 5200 his his ceiling's too high and this seahawks defense has coughed up 300 yard games to guys like uh jimmy g colt mccoy and davis mills the past few weeks um, so I think Fields could have a ceiling game in terms of, uh, you know, passing, passing stats as well. So at 5,200, he's certainly in play in GPPs. Yeah, Justin Fields uh, really stands out to me as well. Um, you know, even with that offense continuing to be a dumpster fire, uh, you have uh, Fields putting up decent fantasy lines. Uh, you know, yep. unfortunately, didn't run the ball as much as I would hope for. Uh, I, I like the over on his rushing. Um, he went under for the first time being healthy. Um, mm-hmm. that 34 and a half number, um, you know, in the last six starts or seven now, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good matchup for him. So he really stands out to me at 5,200. Uh, Jalen Hurts as well. Um, another guy I'll mention is uh, Tyra Huntley. If Lamar Jackson's out, he's going to, uh, even at 6K, uh, I think he's worth playing. I mean, that he's, he would be my quarterback eight if, if Lamar is out. So um, I think it's worth paying for the rushing upside. Same thing with Cam Newton. I mean, it might be ugly. But going against Tampa Bay in a game where I don't think Tampa Bay may throw as much, you know, just what they're going through at receiver. I think this is a kind of plays into Carolina's hands in terms of, you know, being able to just kind of run cam and not have to drop back, drop him back 40 times. Uh, So the more he runs, the better. And he is still one of the more useful quarterbacks, even as a 14 and a half point underdog against the Bills. He's currently the quarterback five on the week for week 15. So I don't think you can ignore that just given the, the, mm-hmm. the carnage that's, that's going on here. <laughs> yeah. and, and one other guy I'll mention is, is Zach Wilson. And it seems disgusting, but what I say about Davis Mills last week, like 
going against the Jaguars, man, you just can't get enough exposure to like anyone going against the Jaguars. Davis Mills currently the quarterback 10 on the week. Um, so like, you know, it, I think Jack Wilson, he's rushed for a touchdown in three of the last four games. Uh, if he gets another one of those, um, he might actually be able to couple it with a decent passing line in this game, just because the Jaguars are so bad uh, on defense. So uh, I like Zach Wilson at that, at that cheap price. Another guy that I feel like no one's going to be on, even despite the matchup. I feel like Trevor Lawrence might even get more on uh, roster ship. So um, I'm going to go with, with, uh, I don't know what, what Avenue in New York can we give Zach Wilson? It's not Broadway. It's like Amsterdam, Zach, like, like, <laughs> Amsterdam, Zach. like, 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 like second Avenue, Zach. Like, um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, yeah. you know, New York better than me. Yeah, so exactly. I, yeah. You only lived there for a year. I'll give you a pass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I love the, I love the Wilson call. And we've, we've seen his rushing upside the past couple weeks. That's something that we haven't seen from him all season. Right. And, yeah. uh, he was kind of one of those guys where, he had like Mahomes skill set where he can like, you know, scramble, do things with his legs, but he hadn't done that at all in the first 13 games. So now that he's unlocked that the past couple weeks, I can finally get behind Zach Wilson, especially in GPP. So love that call for Amsterdam, Zach. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, the rushing upside, that's really, especially this point in a year, it's the best chance we have to get value because yeah. it's a lot easier to price these pocket passers because now that we have a 14 game sample, uh, if when they're when you're not rushing, the, the range of outcomes just shrinks, right? It's like you either throw for 300 yards or you don't, and you either throw for like one touchdown, two touch, you know, zero, one, two, three touchdowns. Most, you know, that's that's going to account for like 95% of the outcomes yeah. there. So the, the the salaries are going to be pretty efficient here for these pocket passes, but these this rushing, you know, you know, six points for a touchdown, you get a you know what uh, more than double the yardage for rushing than passing. It just changes things a lot. So best chance at this point of year to find value. Sean, what's the prop for quarterback? Uh, so this is more of a thought experiment. Um, so Patrick Mahomes passing yards. If both Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are ruled out come Sunday. Um, so imagine they're both ruled out and prize picks is offering a number. Would you go over or under 248 and a half passing yards for Patrick Mahomes in that scenario? Ooh. Uh, what is TJ Watt? He's he's good to go. Yeah, like, he should be good to go, right? I mean, like, he gets hurt every game. It's just like, yeah. Does, does he play through it? Uh, He'll start. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna go under. I think. I, I, you know why? <laughs> Not only just because I expect Mahomes to be grossly inefficient targeting the likes of Demarcus Robinson, Miko Hardman, Byron Pringle, Blake Bell. Good Lord. And Noah Gray. Well, when you but, put it that way. Yeah, but also, I think this would be a situation where we would finally see Andy Reid run the ball because yep. Pittsburgh just getting gashed on the ground. I mean, Deontay Foreman, uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, go back a couple of weeks. Who was it? It was, uh, you know, the Chargers back. I mean, everyone is just gashing this team uh, on the ground as of late. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they're, they're, they have a real issue. And what do teams want Kansas City to do? Run the ball. So it's like it, should, it actually plays into like the Chiefs' hands perfectly if they just ran the ball in this game for a variety of reasons. So yeah, I'll go under. I mean, Mahomes been he's been looking good in some spots, but he's been struggling in others. And I mean, Tyreek and Kelsey would change everything. So yeah, without them, I don't think the Chiefs will pass the ball a lot. And even if they do, I think Mahomes will struggle to get to that number. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a mixture of you know he won't be as efficient or have as many explosive plays, but also the play calling 
will change. And I think this will lead me to one of my running back cheat codes this week. I think you already kind of hit on it, but I think the Chiefs will uh, opt to be a run-heavy team if both players are ruled out this week. Yeah. Let's get into running back, Sean. Who are your top five backs entering week 16? Uh, so I got Jonathan Taylor, number one, uh, last week. Never again. I'm never going to take him away from that number one slot. Uh, so he's back to number one. Then Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler. I'm sticking with Nick Chubb in my top five. And then uh, Zeke at number five. Yeah, I got Taylor, Cook, Eckler, uh, then Kamara, number four. And then uh, Najee Harris. Kamara, I, I don't know what that was against Tampa Bay. <laughs> but I mean, we kind of expect that. We expect them to corral him. Uh, he split work with Ingram a little more than I'd like, but Ingram was also super ineffective. I, I, I think that you're going to see Kamara kind of regress to his normal um, season-long usage in, in terms of the snaps because, I, I, you know, I, I just can't take him out based on that one game. But uh, And same thing for Najee Harris. I mean, he played every snap at running back. So, uh, you know, I, I, like Zeke, he's just been so frustrating. I don't think he's healthy. Um, you know, they, they gave Corey Clement more carries than him two games ago. Pollard came back, and he outgained – Pollard outgained Zeke. Uh, Naturally. Even he's banged up. Yes, yeah, so I can't. I can't. I'm not there with Zeke. Like I, I just go with the snaps and just play it safe with uh with Najee in this spot. I mean, the Chiefs' run defense hasn't improved as much as their pass defense has. Uh, this could be a game where Najee gets like 10 catches because, I mean, you know, what else is Pittsburgh going to? Like they have no time to throw the ball. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Najee. But Kamara is, like makes me nervous. That's the one that's kind of like that could go a lot of different directions. So I might yeah. I might might shift that around a little bit. Obviously. Check our rankings and projections later in the week for that. But um, as of now, I still have them in the top five. Uh, all right. Who do you like for your DFS cheat codes or running back? Uh, guys are higher on than a consensus uh, this week in fantasy, all that good stuff. So I think, you know, Samaj Piran at 4,400 is going to be pretty obvious if Joe Mixon is ruled out. Um, it's not a great matchup for Piran, but he should be able to hit this just based on volume alone. Um, I, I think if Mixon's out, Piran's going to definitely be highly rostered. Um, so I think an interesting pivot play will be the guy that I said last week uh, was one of my cheat codes, and that's Amir Abdullah um, at 4,500 against the Buccaneers. So similar thing uh, as last week where, um, you know, he has sneaky upside if, you know, the Panthers are going to be in a negative game script. Uh, they, they like to use it more in the passing game. Um, and we saw that last week. Now, with all the injuries on the Buccaneers side, I, I don't know if it's going to be a closer matchup this week, but right now, uh, I think Abdullah's uh, sneaky play, especially as a pivot play off of P. Ryan. Um, and then James Robinson, hashtag free J-Rob. Um, this is another great matchup for him against the Jets. Um, and I was really bullish on him last week. Luckily, I hit because um, he got the touchdown, but the Jags weren't able to keep it close against the Texans. So hopefully they can <laughs> at least have a competitive game script against the Jets of all teams. Um, the, the only downside really is Carlos Hyde is back. So he's going to eat into nah, his... he's out. He's out for the year. Oh, he's already. Oh my God. Then I really love James Robinson. Yeah, uh, now breaking the... Carlos Hyde has gone on the, Oh my God. Okay. With so a James Robinson, which is, at... uh, you know, best of luck to Carlos Hyde. I, that's not oh, yeah, yeah. you want to hear a guy going on the injury reserve for. Yeah, that's a shame. I thought he was going to return and eat into some of Robinson's workload, but oh, no. looks like Robinson's going to be the workhorse, and, and we don't have to worry about Urban Meyer playing games or anything like that. So love Robinson at 5,900. And then as I was alluding to in our quarterback section, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this week against the Steelers. Um, you know, you mentioned it. The Steelers have been getting gashed by opposing running backs. Um, if either and or Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill are ruled out this week, you know, they're going to lean on Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the running game even more. So love him at 5,800. Um, and, you know, he has a really high floor and ceiling combo this week. 
with James Robinson, I mean, he he touched the ball the most since week three. He played 84% of the snaps the most since week seven. So really like Robinson. I, I think that, you know, even if the Jaguars, you know, just Jaguar against the Jets, <laughs> Robinson still is, you know, one of the two guys. Well, there's actually three guys I actually trust on the Jaguars. And it's probably the other two probably aren't who you'd expect. Uh, we'll talk about them uh, in a little bit. But I think he's safe because I still think he's going to get, you know, his 20 touches and against the bad. I mean, the Jets. Whew, did you see the Dolphins last week? Just, I mean, it was just, they, I, I think they had plans to pass the ball and just, they just kept calling the same running play over and over after, at mm-hmm. one point in the game because the Jets couldn't stop them. On the, and it, it didn't matter if it was Duke Johnson, Miles Gaskin. Uh, they just couldn't stop them. So, yeah, great, great spot for Robinson. I, I wouldn't be worried about game script. I think he gets his touches and his production regardless. Uh, I like Edward Delaire as well, though. I think Darrell Williams might be interesting if everyone gets ruled out because Williams might get some red zone work. Um, and he, he has been a big part of the passing game. Um, when they've needed it and they will need it this week. So that would be kind of like a, you know, a millie maker, like large field kind of pivot there. Cause mm-hmm. I, I don't think he'd be uh, highly rostered at all. So Josh Jacobs is another guy I like, you know, going against Denver, small home favorite, uh, double digit points in, in PPR in five straight games. Uh, and that's because of his increased usage in the receiving game, you know, over the last five games, five, two, nine, five, three, in terms of the receptions. Um, so that's big in target seven, four, nine, six, four. So that we're not used to Jacobs getting that type of usage in the past game. I think that really makes him uh, a viable mid range option uh, in DFS that should have a high floor. Uh, same thing for David Montgomery, um, you know, just uh, a guy who's going to get his, you know, 15 to 20 touches uh, in a, in the, in a game. And he's going against the Seahawks, you know, Seahawks, I think uh, are not the best team at stopping a run. Uh, and a team that I don't know if they're going to run away from the Bears. You know, we'll see how they play against the Rams. But, um, you know, Montgomery in four straight games has put up double digit points and he's only failed to do so twice all year. Um, so Montgomery's another guy that's just safe, high floor guy that also um, is capable of having a high ceiling. Uh, Ronald Jones, love Ronald Jones this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks like Fournette's going to be out. They say uh, the reports are he's going to miss a game or two. Uh, so I think Ronald Jones here is just you know, against this Carolina defense, they've been uh, their bottom 20 against the run, but top 10 against the pass and DVOA. At least they entered week 15. We don't have the updated numbers because there's still four more teams to play as we record this. But um, Devin Singletary had a pretty solid game uh, for the Bills against the Panthers. So I think Ronald Jones um, here uh, is, in, is, a great, is in a great spot because I think Tampa Bay, I think, again, they'll go bigger. They'll probably put more tight ends on the field uh, and they'll go run heavier than usual. So Big, big spot for Jones. Uh, and a couple other guys I'll mention, just kind of the bad team guys, maybe they pay off in a big tournament. Uh, Rex Burkhead going against that Charger defense. Burkhead, he was ruled out by the coach. Then he then he came back, and he got 15 carries. Like, it's like, what? <laughs> Texans so, are going to Texan. Yeah, yeah, Texans are going to Texan. But it is the Chargers, and the Chargers, their run defense has just been abysmal uh, this year. So, listen, it's disgusting, but, you know, we're just – running backs are always playing the usage first and foremost. So, uh, you know, Chargers 31st in run defense DVOA. Burke just gets to like four yards of carry instead of his usual like 2.6 against his Charger <laughs> defense. Uh, or, he, or he gets in the end zone, either or. Uh, that could pay off. So, uh, Burke. And then Carter just didn't do much, even with Ty Johnson, who's their main, you know, pass catching back, even with him ruled out, which I thought would even help Carter more. Um, he didn't do much. But I like the bounce back spot, home favorite 
uh, running back that's cheap going against the Jaguars. So uh, again, I you know Urban Meyer was just one of the reasons that I like to fade the Jaguars. But this Jaguar <laughs> team, I mean, yeah, it's I, I, it, it was still comical to me how the line moved like two two and a half points or something like two points just because Meyer was, yeah it was like well, I've been the number one guy like yo this dude Meyer something's up with this guy like he's not it but even I was like yeah there's no way he's worth well the the Texans had a few players on defense I think uh ruled out due to COVID so that was oh, part of it oh too. yeah you need you need players on defense to face the Jags yeah that's, that's <laughs> like, apparently you know you know all you need is warm bodies to face the Jaguars. Well, I'm saying why the line moved. I'm not saying I did that. I still thought your uh, Texans plus three was good. Yeah, three and a half. Three. And a, I got it at three that. and a half. Yeah, three, the, three would have been a little more of a wash because I mean, most as we talk about all the time, you know, games usually those kind of games end on a field goal a lot of the time. Unless yeah. you're playing the Ravens, then it's like <laughs> either the one, one, one or two points. But uh, yeah, I digress. What is our uh, prop for running back? For uh, so I'm I'm changing it up here because you talked about Ronald Jones. Um, yeah. So assuming that Fournette is out, which I think we can at this point. Um, how many receptions will Ronald Jones have? Because that's really the key to his upside in this matchup. Um, you know, they're, they're without Gio Bernard. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn dropped a horrible, like Tom Brady was just shaking his head. So like, will they use Ronald Jones as the pass catching back? Um, so I have his line at two and a half receptions. You going over under that. <sighs> so wait, here's the question. Yeah, because like I don't bet reception lines a whole lot, or especially like overs. Like uh-huh. if you had, if I'm, if I have it projected over, like I have it at two point seven. But oh, would, you, would you bet it at not until it got to three in that situation? Like, um, like if, or or is it, or am I over regardless? Just because no, so two point seven means yeah. two and a half is a coin flip. Yeah, that's what I figured. So if if you're projecting two and a half, the under should be like minus one thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's a, you know, it's a distribution that's heavily skewed towards the positive side. So uh, 2.7 means you're right in line with my projection at two and a half. So thanks for the sanity check. So you said you're projecting um, Jones and Vaughn to basically split. Uh, yeah, routes. I think yeah. that's fair because Jones just hasn't been used much as a as that kind of back. Like for the year, he's got 26 um, percent of the back of the you know non-quarterback design runs but just 12 percent of the uh routes per drop back so mm-hmm. you know you kind of it's like almost I, I actually so i have them 75 percent of the the design runs and 40 percent of the you know route so that's a kind of in line for the most part with, with what he's been doing so um yeah i think it's fair to kind of especially because we saw vaughn mix in Quite a bit too. Yeah, but when, did you did you see Brady yeah. and Arian's reaction after he dropped that? Didn't look good. So they have uh looks like they have Darwin Thompson um is the running back they have on the practice squad. So he might get called up and mix and they have Kenyon Barner. Yeah, Barner. I think it would be Barner. Yeah. So maybe uh, one of those guys will actually mix in a little bit more. Yeah, uh, probably not. It'd probably just be a lot of Ron Jones. Like that's what I'm <laughs> Arian seems like the kind of guy who he just plays his best guys. It's like yep. Yeah, I don't like I don't foresee Darwin Thompson or if they haven't done anything this far, like they not. <laughs> yeah, it's like Vaughn will be lucky to get half the backfields. Uh, the yeah, backfields yeah, saying. exactly. And, you know, I'm not expecting Ronald Jones to get like Leonard Fournette seven reception uh, nah. type of usage, but three to four catches with, you know, all the rushing work and goal line carries. You know, Ronald Jones is like a sneaky, you know, high end RB2 this week. So uh, but like if, if he's being used in as a pass catcher as well, that's going to unlock his, his ceiling. Yeah. I have him for like right now, early in a week, about 17 touches for 
uh, just over 80 yards and uh, and, and about 0.6 touchdowns. So uh, definitely good, fair. Good spot. Yeah, good spot for yep. Jones. All right, let's go to wide receiver, Sean. Who are your top five for week 16? Uh, so I got Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, and Debo Samuel. Yep. Same exact one for me. Obviously, <laughs> if uh, Tyreek gets ruled out, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson, I think, would probably hop into that spot. Keenan Allen uh, and Jamar Chase, all those three are right there. Um, but Deontay and Allen, they've just been a little more consistent. Whereas Chase, I love the matchup again against man cover. Didn't work out last week. Um, very disappointing. You know, it just killed mm-hmm. me. Um, I think he had one catch, but uh, loved, you know, we'll talk about this in a bit, but there's some good bounce back opportunities here. But mm-hmm. Allen actually, yeah, he's been the most consistent. So I think I'd probably go Allen uh, into that fifth spot if uh, Tyreek is ruled out. All right. I think the entire league is in a bounce back spot this week. Right. Uh, Chase had a bad game, but so did everybody else. Yeah, so. all the overs this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Who do you like for your DFS cheat codes? Guys you're higher on than a consensus. Guys you think you're going to bounce back? Uh, so Justin Jefferson, uh, the first bounce back candidate. I mean, he had a brutal, uh, you know, Monday night performance where he only caught four catches for 47 yards and a touchdown, which is remarkable if you consider that Kirk Cousins only threw for 87 yards. So you know, yeah. Justin Jefferson, like his price is too low right now, even if Adam Thielen were to return. And, you know, I saw some of the video of Thielen warming up last night. It didn't look pretty. Um, so if he returns, it's probably going to be just sort of a decoy role. Uh, so Jefferson at 8,100, just the way he's playing right now. Um, and that that matchup itself should be a shootout. I love him at that price. Um, and then Antonio Brown at 4,900. It seems like a joke that he's at that price right now, considering they might be without both Godwin and Evans. Um, and remember, Brown should be over his, I think it was ankle injury by now. You know, he's coming back from his ridiculous uh, vaccine card uh, scandal. So, you know, he should be good to go and step into like, you know, possibly a six plus catch role. Uh, and then our boy, LaCron Treadwell stuck at 3,500. Uh, no brainer play there against the Jets. Um, so <laughs> love Treadwell again this week until he's over 4K. I think we're going to be sticking with him. And then Hunter Renfro, another bounce back candidate. Uh, this week at 6,800. Uh, he's way too cheap at this price. I know he only caught three balls for 32 yards last week, but you know that, that everybody had a bad game. So I think he's going to bounce back this week. Um, love his floor and ceiling combo, especially on a full PPR site uh, like DK. So love him at 6,800. Yep. Uh, love all those guys. Treadwell in the first game without Urban Meyer wed all Jaguars pass catchers <laughs> in routes per drop back at 95%, a season high for Treadwell. So uh, only, he's a, you know, Urban Meyer leaving only gave Treadwell more usage, which is a positive sign, obviously, uh, for him. And, a and that was, uh, for, sorry so. to cut you off, but that was when Urban Meyer got fired. The first thing I tweeted you, I asked you, does this hurt or help Laquan Treadwell? And I think we found our answer. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my, my mentions are blowing up with people like, yeah, give Urban Meyer a break like what oh really i didn't yeah. see those uh, yeah. uh but yeah i asked you if treadwell was going to benefit uh from urban meyer getting toss or not because i thought maybe he was getting playing time uh because urban meyer liked them but i think last week answered my question well that's I, that's one of the reasons why i don't i didn't think the line move was warranted it's like daryl bevel took over he's been the offensive coordinator the whole time yeah. like it's like i don't know what's going to change on the offense um but you know except robinson obviously but yeah treadwell um really stands out. AB really stands out. Um, you know, Renfro, I, I do think he bounces back, obviously took a little bit of the luster off with him not being able to 
show the same floor that he has in recent weeks without Darren Waller. Um, so, you know, that was, that was disappointing. Uh, some other guys I like, a lot of guys in that mid range, um, right under Renfro, actually Russell Gage, uh, you know, he's got a matchup against the Detroit lions. So Russell Gage has been over 60 yards in each of his past four games. Uh, you know, he's seeing consistent targets, seven, 12, eight, 11. Uh, he's the number one receiver, not Kyle Pitts for the Atlanta Falcons. And you know, I think part of that to do is obviously he's, he's a true wide receiver, but number two, he, defenses are really zeroing in on Kyle Pitts. He's the more dangerous guy. Gage is the guy that's going to, you know, kind of find the sweet spot in the zone and, um, you know, you know, get you your eight, 10 yard catch and, and move the sticks and things like that. But um, he's just not as explosive, but for, you know, PPR leagues, which every pretty much all leagues are and all DFS, uh, you know, sites are, uh, I think Gage is in a really good spot here against the lions, Marquise Brown. I mean, whether it's Lamar or Tyler Huntley, I think Brown is in a, a good spot here against the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, Brown and Andrews both do well against zone coverage. The Bengals are, are a zone heavy team. Uh, if it's Huntley, I mean, he, you know, he just targeted Andrews and Brown almost exclusively. Uh, and that was with Bateman on the field a ton. So uh, I think that Brown, you know, he's been a, uh, a more consistent player this year than he has in years past. He had a, a little bit of a bad stretch. I think that might have been due to injury a little more. You know, when he, he's a small dude, so when he gets banged up, uh, it's not it's not good for him. We've seen this. I think his rookie year, uh, the same thing kind of happened. So um, I think Brown. I think he's healthy, and uh, I think he's in a good spot. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Obviously, that this depends to some extent on Jared Goff because Goff has been playing a little better lately. But, you know, it's hard to ignore him now with the way he's producing. DJ Moore. I like DJ Moore uh, in this spot against the, the Bucks. I think that, you know, against these zone defenses, there's still a chance that the Panthers might have to throw at some point. The Bucks are still 11-point favorites. So, you know, Moore has kind of rebounded a little bit as of late here. And I think, you know, with the offensive coordinator being fired, I think, you know, they're going to have to – they're going to get more of the ball every week. Like, that's, that's like the bare minimum. So, Moore has four straight games of at least 14 – DraftKings points after, you know, a three game lull where he had single digits. So, um, and before that he was over double digits all but one week. So I think Moore is back to that consistent mid range wide receiver two value Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham are still underpriced because they don't play till Tuesday. So assuming both of those guys make it out of the Seahawks game. Okay. I think those guys are going to be underpriced again. They play pretty much every snap for the Rams along with Cooper cup. They run that three by one personnel. Uh, almost exclusively these days. So I uh, love those guys. Jamison Crowder, uh, I think against the the Jaguars, play guys against the Jaguars. Crowder ran a route on every single drop back for Zach Wilson last week. So um, I didn't have a great game, but I think this is a spot where he absolutely could. Uh, Keenan Allen, I already mentioned him. And then I think Chase and Deontay, you know, higher up in the salary range. So we'll see how the value Chase opens up. Chase Claypool, that is, right? No, oh, absolutely not. No, Jamar Chase, no. Oh, <laughs> hell no. You say Chase oh, yeah, and Deontay. Yeah, 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 like yeah, I'm yeah, I see that. Teammates? Yeah. Oh, hell no, no. Okay, no, okay. Chase glad he's out. Glad he's just clarified. Like, yeah, no, sorry. Like he's, <laughs> I just, listen, like I like Chase Claypool as a player, but he's essentially been relegated to like the wide receiver three. Like McLeod is running more routes to him now. So, yeah, James Washington has been stepping up. Yeah. Uh, lately too. Yeah. And it's just tough because really it's not all, it's not all on Claypool. Obviously he made the big mistake at the end of the Vikings game, but it's not all on him. It's just that they don't have time to protect Ben to get the kind of routes developed that Claypool needs to have success. So counting a guy, he'll get a couple of rush attempts, but 
I, I don't think you can trust him at all in fantasy. I mean, maybe in a yeah. super large field. He's it's the problem is he's still overpriced. Like, so it's like you're playing him like just solely to be contrarian now. Um, you know, so you know, if you want to take that plunge, I mean, be my guest. It's just it's a it's a pretty low EV move at this point. He did he did put up your favorite box score of all time yes, last week. Though. He did so zero he catches for 12 on. yards. He's got yeah. that going. They had a rush for seven yards too. Yeah. I don't like, why don't they just count? It's weird how they count those like reverse passes. I don't know, but I know it's going to come to screw me over on a prop in the next couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. It's like Chase Claypool, like under 1.5 catches and he gets like, or like over 0.5 catches. Yeah. Like (laughs) he gets zero catches, even though he has positive receiving. Yeah. Is that, so is that like how they, that um, Crowder to Berrios play last week? Is that like, the I same think so. Let me see. Well, first of all, let me see if they updated it because that could, you know, sometimes they do stat corrections. So let's see, see if they changed it. No, nah, he still has two targets, zero catches for 12 yards. I, yeah, that's, that's up there. I think Mike Evans last season, his deuces wild line, two catches for two yards and two touchdowns is still my favorite. But yeah. Chase Claypool's line last week is now uh, my number two all time favorite line. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, and then, yeah, Deontay, I think, uh, along with Jamar Chase. Uh, two good bounce back candidates, Jamar man coverage, one of the best in the week, even with the bad game against Denver, who, by the way, played a little more zone, um, which was smart um, against Cincinnati. Both, both teams play good defense, um, you know, in that game. Uh, and then, and then Deontay, I mean, against Kansas city, yeah. you're just going to have to throw the ball at some point. Deontay played every snap, ran a route on every snap uh, against Tennessee. The production wasn't there in terms of the yard. It still got his five catches, which you can count on him to do. So uh, against the Chiefs, they're going to have to do, even if it's in garbage time, uh, I think Deontay gets his numbers. Uh, what is our receiving prop? Why uh, prop? Let's go with Christian Kirk receiving yards, just because I want to talk about him. I feel like he's been overlooked uh, by the industry the past couple of games. I was like plus 12 ECR on him last week uh, with Hopkins out. And he had a big game, but you said something interesting earlier. With Hopkins out of the lineup, they're going to be able to you know, put extra resources on Murray play more man. So do you think that hurts Kirk in any way? Or are you still projecting him high? Um, I have him at 57 and a half receiving yards. Is that too high or too low? Uh, yeah, I'm at about 64. So yeah, I have him higher. Um, I, listen, he's been, it's, it's more, it comes down to routes for me. Like he's been a, a guy that's been running around in almost every snap when Hopkins is out of the lineup, uh, usually gets to 90%, but for the season, he's only around 79%. So that means you know, he's usually more of like two out of uh, three out of every four, 75 percent snap kind of guy um, yeah. with Hopkins in. And he turns into like a true wide receiver one, you know, with Hopkins out. So I do think that if defenses want, they can devote more resources to him. But at the end of the day, he's still going to be Kyler Murray's number one target in terms of routes, uh, or you know, dumb, number one receiver. And it's a, a projected close game against Indianapolis. I think the spread is one, the total is 49. So uh, those kind of games, you know, I, I don't think you can really poke too many holes in Kirk. I mean, he obviously, you know, he's easier to cover one on, you know, with, with double, with a double team than a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, but he's still the Cardinals number one receiver. So uh, I have him as my wide receiver 15. Oh, nice. You're even higher than I have my receiver 18. I thought I was high, but uh, yeah, it's good to hear. He's definitely a mid range our uh, wide receiver two right now for sure. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's you know that's just how it's gonna go with 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 uh, Hopkins out. All right, let's go to tight end. Who are your top five at tight end? 
Uh, so I got Travis Kelsey at number one for now. Uh, George Kittle. Then I have Gronk, Mark Andrews, and then Kyle Pitts in my top five. Yeah, I have uh, Mark Andrews number one. I mean, I think he's deserved it. <laughs> uh, Kittle yeah. number two. Kelsey three, just because just docking him a little bit. You know, you don't know how he's going to recover off the COVID. He's been a little less, um, you know, a little less effective at times this year. And I, I just, you know, I worry about a guy like that, you know, other side of 30, just came off a game where he gave his best effort. I mean, the effort Travis Kelsey gave in that Chargers game was like amazing. I mean, even the play, didn't he get like, put, like marked down at the one? At oh, one? Yeah. I mean, that effort on that one to run up. So I just feel like he, his body now, you know, coming off that and then coming off a stint on a COVID list, I, I, I'd worry about him a little, even if he's ruled in. Um, obviously now if Tyreek is out, it might offset that to some degree, but, um, like Andrews and Kittle, they've been, you know, just as if not more consistent than Kelsey this year anyway. Um, and then Gronk number four should get a bit of an uptick in usage, a disappointing game against the saints, but we could say that about everyone on the bucks in that, in that <laughs> game. Uh, and then Darren Waller five, if he comes back, Darren Waller's not back yet, then it would be Coppins. So, um, do, I don't think the Lions are as equipped to kind of shut out Pitts as some of these other defenses are so um, I, I agree with you on Pitts at number five if if Waller's out yeah I love the Mark Andrews number one not gonna lie especially you know if Huntley starts I think it almost raises yeah. Andrews projection I mean the three games that Huntley has started uh Andrews reception count has been eight 11 and 10 so clearly you know Huntley loves targeting Andrews and he has a touch on upside unfortunately he can't hold on to two point conversions as well as I, mean, know, the I, I, I don't like, blame those on Andrews. <laughs> Lamar had made a bad throw, and the other one was just covered. Like, yeah, it was just Brown. Bracketed, Brown was open. That's got to be a nightmare being part of that uh, two weeks in a row. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, Mark Andrews number one. I could definitely get behind that, especially if Kelsey uh, is out this week. All right, Sean. Who are your top plays? DFS cheat codes, guys. You are higher on than the consensus at tight end for Week 16. Uh, I, I think we got to start with Gronk at 6,200. Uh, obviously, there's no Chris Godwin, potentially no Mike Evans. So you know they're going to lean on Gronk heavily here. Um, you mentioned it earlier, and I'm thinking that they might, um, you know, play more two tight end, mm-hmm. maybe three tight end sets. So I think guys like Cam Brate yeah. or OJ Howard might be sneaky. Cam Brate. And- they don't use Howard. Like, that's a guy. he's in a doghouse, man. I don't know what's up with that. Like, because even when they use more to, uh, like heavy personnel, I've been watching it. It's like great numbers will go up and Howard's don't really go up. It's like, I, I, yeah, yeah. Doghouse. Brate's obviously the guy, but Howard has the skill set to, you know, take take a long pass to the house or something. But yeah, I just think Brate might be sneaky if they use more two tie-in sets with the injuries at wide receiver. Um, CJ Uzoma, uh, you know, yeah. you mentioned it last week. He's good versus man. Facing the Ravens, they've allowed the six most fancy points against tight end. So um, he's he's always a guy. He's at 3K. He has one of the highest ceilings of these types of tight ends lower down the list. So like Uzoma this week. And then Jared Cook, I think he's sneaky at 3,500 this week. Um, you know, obviously, I can't imagine Donald Parham being able to play after that scary uh, concussion last week. So it could mean extra snaps for Cook. And especially in, you know, the red zone, I think Parham is one of, Herbert's favorite end zone targets clearly on that play that he got hurt was a, a touchdown pass. So, or potential touchdown pass. So if, you know, Eckler's out, uh, Parham's out, Cook's a guy that could benefit. So at 3,500, uh, love Jared Cook this week as well. Yeah, I like that Uzoma call. I think, um, you know, the more I'm, you know, thinking and talking to you about it, like the Bengals are going to be such a great GPP play, um, that passing yep. game, just because 
They had the same kind of matchup last week. It didn't pan out. I think, and you know, it's another man coverage team. People are going to say, okay, well, they'll probably play more zone. They'll probably, you know, we tried this last week. It didn't work. I think the roster ship will be low. But remember, the Bengals put up, what, 41 points on the Ravens in the first meeting? So, you know, obviously, second division game should be a little tighter, a little lower scoring. But uh, I just think given all the circumstances, and especially with Mixon banged up, signs are oh, encouraging. Yeah. Yep. But um, it just feels like the Bengals – um, could have a big day throwing the football here. So um, in GPPs, I wouldn't be able uh, afraid to to go right back to him this week. Uh, for me, uh, agree with Gronk. Uh, Kyle Pitts is back in a conversation with me. I know we mentioned him as a top five guy, but um, just, you know, kind of been off of him for the last, seems like month, maybe month <laughs> and a half. But uh, I think this is a good spot here finally for him. And he's a little bit cheaper. So um, men- I'll mention him. Dallas Goddard, uh, cheaper than both. Now, the Eagles haven't played yet, so hopefully he makes it out without an injury or COVID. But uh, I think this is a, a good spot for him against the Giants, who, who you know gave Dalton Schultz his first big game in like what six seven weeks. Uh, <laughs> it seems like it, right? Yeah. So you know Dallas Goddard and he, Dallas Goddard has been beast. I mean, he's finally kind of come into what we always wanted with Ertz. It, it started kind of slow a, a little bit. It was or it just wasn't that impressive. Like he might have like a good yardage total, but didn't get in the end zone. The plays didn't look that great, but. Lately, I mean, he's just been he's just been looking really good out there on the field. So, like Goddard, I think Higby, if he comes back, you know, you could get him under 4K on DraftKings. I think that's a, uh, an interesting spot. You know, just all the Rams, you know, top players are going to always be in contention because Higby's going to play pretty much all the snaps if, he, if he's back. And then one more guy I'll mention, we talked about him on the waivers pod, which is already out. You can go listen to that. But James O'Shaughnessy going up against the Jets, uh, you know, at that tight end for the Jaguars. You know, not that many options this time of year that are super cheap, you know, or, you know, that you can really rely on. So O'Shaughnessy you know, may not get you a touchdown, but, you know, in GPPs, all you need is that like that one week he does get you a touchdown because he's been catching. He's been having pretty consistent usage out there. Um, so the Jets, you know, enter the week dead last and DVOA against tight ends. So uh, I think this will be uh, a possible spot where O'Shaughnessy might actually find the end zone. So like him as a, a discount option. Uh, so Kyle Pitts is the player prop. So I'm going to just throw this right back at you, but um, will he score a touchdown <laughs> either week 16 or 17? I'm giving you two weeks. Will he score a touchdown over the next two weeks? Uh, I'm going to say no. Oh, because, well, so I hear yeah. And I think, I think my math is right. I know you can probably do this in your head better than I can in my head. Yeah. What do you got this, this week? week? I have him at 0.27. Okay. Touchdown. So I'm, that's I'm that's like close. about that's a, like that's still like a just under about a twenty five percent chance of him actually scoring a touchdown, right? Uh, One in four ish, probably lower than oh, yeah, like twenty percent. Yeah, it's it's right around there. My my projections around like point three one, so mine's probably closer to twenty five percent. Okay, but yeah, I'm twenty. Yeah, so so if that's twenty against the Lions, and then who do they play next week? Yeah, I'm pulling that up right now. You'd think I'd have that ready. Yeah, I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, the Bills. So it's got to yeah. be this week. Yeah, and they and they have those safeties that I really have a lot of respect for, uh, Micah Hyde and uh, Poyer. So if, if my projections point two seven this week, what did he score? One this whole year? Yep, he yeah, scored well, one this. I was going to set his his total season touchdowns at one and a half, but giving you three games. Oh, now like it's three. Much. I thought it was two. Oh, three. Well, games. no, I'm saying I'm saying if I say the rest of the season, I, I was going to say, will he finish? With one touchdown was going to be the prop, but oh. I can't give you, I can't give you three games. Yeah. You know. Then then I'd have to go over. Cause, but like, 
my yeah. projection is like 20% chance for this week. And then probably more like a 15% chance for next week. So that only adds up to 35, but like it, then if you add another week in there, then, you know, at least one, that probability, and I'm going back to what, what is this calculus? I don't even know what type, what is <laughs> what, what math is this? <laughs> with the conditional statistics, right? Yeah. With the conditional yeah. probabilities, all that yeah. uh, permutations and all that stuff. Yeah. So with the, with three games, I'd have to say over, but uh, two games under and for this week, yeah, it's still, still at a robust 20.27 touchdown projection for Kyle Pitt. Basically he has to score a touchdown this week or else it might look like he finishes the season with one touchdown, which is not going to be good because like you've said, like if, if he ends up being the Julio Jones role, just get a ton of yards, but they don't use him in the red zone. Like that's not good for fantasy. So uh, be, be interesting to see if you can get one the next few games, but that's something that's definitely gonna be a hot button topic entering draft next season. You know, it's interesting though. Uh, you know, we both were kind of a little lower on him in, in season long. And, and I think that was right, but uh, he's going to kill his yardage prop. I mean, he's at 847. He might get a thousand yards. So the yardage, like you said, hasn't been a problem. And it's not that they're not using him or they're not trying to use him in the red zone. It's just, that's what you know, defenses are doing. And Matt Ryan, he's going, he's going to take what the defense gives him. You know, he's, he, he's not, he doesn't want to throw like a pick in the red zone. He's a veteran quarterback. So not going to force it in as much. Um, it's been tough for Pitts, but uh, yeah. Yeah, he'd probably he benefit, like, if Kevin Ridley were to return, like, that'd probably benefit yep. Pitts because, you know, like you said, they don't really have anybody else. Uh, that they look, Russell Gage is a different type of receiver. He's yeah. not going to command double coverage or anything. So, yeah, Kyle Pitts is just getting double teamed uh, a bit too much right now. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, start us off with your first Prize Pick Elite Entry for Week 16. Uh, so I'm going with Kyler Murray over 245 and a half passing yards against the Colts. You know, I, I think he is going to be uh, downgraded with DeAndre Hopkins out of the lineup. Like we saw last week, he struggled. But I think that that had to do with them potentially overlooking the lines and looking ahead to this week against the Colts, which should be a pass funnel matchup for them. You know, the Colts, uh, you know, run defense ranks fourth in DVOA and their pass defense ranks 16th. So I think Kyler Murray should have a good game here. And he's gone over this number in eight of 11 games. Hell, Colt McCoy went over this number in two of three starts. So I think uh, Kyler has enough weapons, even without DeAndre Hopkins, to go over this number. So I like this probably up to like 252 and a half. I would take this up to. For my first prize pick elite entry for week 16, I'm going with Tom Brady under 279 and a half passing yards. Uh, he, after a blazing start to the season, he's actually been under this in half of his last eight games. And that was, you know, with Chris Godwin just lighting the, the field on fire here with, with catches every which way. So with Godwin out, Mike Evans questionable. I know Brown will be back, but he's, he hasn't played in a while, so he hasn't practiced in a while. I um, mean, Brady really values that practice time. Uh, but more importantly, Carolina is a run funnel defense. They are number eight in DVOA against the pass, but 23rd against the run. So I think that Tampa Bay here is going to go with more heavier personnel, run the ball with Ronald Jones uh, a little bit more here. So going Brady under 279 and a half passing yards against the Panthers. John, where are you going for your second prize pick elite entry for week 16? Uh, so I'm going with Dak Prescott under 280 and a half passing yards against the football team. Uh, he's been held under this in three straight. And I know 
you know, all the hype is he's slumping. But in reality, you know, he hasn't had to throw for more over 300 yards to get wins of late because his defense is so good. I mean, Micah Parsons is playing like a defensive player of the year. Uh, so he's co-favorites with TJ Watt, Miles Garrett right now. So I think just the, the Cowboys know they can lean on the defense, lean on Zeke, Pollard, um, and win games. So that's probably why we haven't seen Dak go off of late. Um, so I like him under 280 and a half, especially against a football team that's been dealing with COVID issues. You know, they're going to be playing on a short week. Um, you know, so this is this is a matchup where I don't think they're going to need Dak to throw too much uh, to win. So love under 280 and a half passing yards for Dak Prescott. For my second prize pick a week entry for week 16, I'm going Matt Ryan over 220 and a half passing yards. And even though Detroit is kind of a similar team to Washington in that you don't think they would need uh, a ton of yards to beat Detroit, Detroit is still giving up uh, more than 220 in 10 of 14 games. Uh, and Matt Ryan has gone over this uh, in 8 of 14. So I like the matchup for Pitts here. I like the matchup for Russell Gage here. So I think this is one of the rare weeks where Matt, or rare weeks it seems like as of late, uh, where Matt Ryan goes over his passing yard total. I think they have a pretty easy time uh, doing what they want on offense to the Atlanta Falcons. So Matt Ryan over 220 and a half passing yards against the Lions. That's my second pick. Uh, to recap, Sean's going with Kyler Murray over 245 and a half passing yards against the Colts and Dak Prescott under 280 and a half passing yards against the football team. I'm going with Tom Brady under 279 and a half passing yards against the Panthers and Matt Ryan over 220 and a half passing yards against the Lions. That's our lead entry for today. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move, so you want to get on it fast in order to lock in the best numbers. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description, and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. Okay, now back to the show. All right, let's go to the portion of the show where we build our DFS lines. We do one on FanDuel, one on DraftKings. I would start with DraftKings, Sean. Uh, I think, who went first last week? I started last week. Okay. You start first this week. Yep. I will start first this week on DraftKings. Let How did our team do last week? We have a, good. like a, a lineup that made it? No, I don't think, I, we did not do good. <laughs> we scored 95 points. We, we, did, we did terribly. Shoot for the moon. <laughs> we had we had Julio post a zero. Uh, oh well, we had, we had Goddard in there, so that didn't count. Uh, uh, we had uh, Chase, who had one point three. Cooks went off. We had we had Cooks and Parker, so that was good. We had Robinson, but that's about it. Harris didn't do anything. Davis Mills, you know, fifteen point five. Still the quarterback, like ten, but yeah, exactly. Not, like- you know, not really doing much <laughs> for the lineup. So yeah, we got to get back on track here. All right, I'm gonna start it back off here, and I'm going. I'm gonna go right back to Jamar Chase here. Uh, you know, nice. I think like I love guy a stud having a bad game. I obviously, don't love it when he's in my cash game lineups, but <laughs> you know, you got this is how you play DFS, right? You got to yep. go right back, um, be greedy when others are fearful. And uh, Jamar Chase, last time he played the Ravens, eight catches, two hundred and one yards. So. Uh, I feel good about Chase this week. So starting let's, them off 7,100. Yeah, let's go with Joe Burrow then uh, to complete the stack. And I think 
quarterback is kind of interesting because all these top guys, it's hard to make a case for, you know, Patrick Mahomes uh, with Kelsey yep. and Tyreek questionable Herbert, you know, that's a game. They should blow them out. Uh, Brady with all the injuries and Josh Allen uh, with uh, Sanders and looks like Cole Beasley's going to miss against the Patriots. So I think, you know, Burrow 5,900 um, sticks out. So yeah, let's go back to the well with the Bengals this week with Burrow and Chase. All right, I'm going to do you a favor here. I'm going I'm to get a defense out of the way. Oh, let's, thank you. Appreciate let's go with the that. Falcons at 2,600, the cheapest favorite on the board against possibly, what is it, Tim Boyle or David Blau? Oh, uh, either one. Give me either one. Yeah, so Falcons. And remember, the Falcons, they're not a good defense. We know this. But against these like non-playoff teams, they played a little better. And just a couple weeks ago, they had a 13-point game against Carolina in an in a upset win on the road. So like Atlanta at home against this just injury-ravaged Lions squad. Yep, love that. Uh, and let's see. So we're, we're doing pretty good on price so far. 57-33 average for six players. Oh, Antonio Brown at 4,900. Just lock it in. So now we have 5,900 average for two running backs, wide receiver, tight end, and a flex. Let's see. Let's see what we got going on at running back here. Let's go with James Robinson at 5,900 against the Jets, uh, who ranked 32nd in terms of fantasy points allowed to backs. Uh, I, think I, I think James Robinson's in for an even bigger game than he had against the Texans. Love it. Um, let's see. So we have 5,900 per player left over. Hmm. I liked your call on Montgomery earlier. Um, really? he's 5,700. Yeah. I think he's sneaky. I, I don't think his roster ship's going to be too high. Uh, and I like having, you know, both those backs like in that six K range, I think that's a sweet spot this week. So let's go with, uh, Montgomery. We could t- maybe take a elite running back in our flex, but. I think, you know what we're going to do? Since we got Burrow and Chase, let's go Mark Andrews at 7K. Let's pay up at tight end. Oh, we got, yeah. We got, we got salary left games. over. So we still have 54.50 for a wide receiver and a flex. Yeah, like a, a little game stack. Do we, have you seen any weather reports yet? Like, what's going uh, on? In I, listen, I'm just trying to get I, I don't to COVID. Like, yeah, <laughs> not like the I, I don't want there to be like a blizzard in Cincinnati and we're sitting here just stacking it. Uh, uh, okay, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's a good, <laughs> that's a good call. No, it's actually just, uh, one of the warmest games of the week. 45, mostly okay. cloudy. Uh, six it's, mile per hour winds. It's weather, which is n- not predictable at all. But at least we we don't have like some major storm coming. Okay, yeah, no, I love the game stack there. Hopefully, Huntley is the quarterback for Andrew's sake. Yep. Um, and then let's see. So I got to go wide receiver here, and you can go with the flex. Um, so we have fifty four hundred. It's a tough matchup, but Gabe Davis at forty seven hundred. Um, I, I still love his upside for GBP. So let's go with Gabe, assuming. Beasley's out, and then we'll see about Manny Sanders. But just Gabe Davis is one of those players that every time I bet on him, he comes through. So, you know, why go away from him? Yeah, no, Gabe Davis, um, I mean, he got the touchdown in the last game against the Patriots. So he's. Yep. I think he's a better player than Sanders. I, I was surprised that Sanders yeah. was given that much usage. I guess it was veteran deference or something. Maybe he outplayed him in the preseason in, in camp. I don't know. But it, like from watching both of them play this year, I don't know how – Sanders could have outplayed Davis. I mean, you know, Davis, every time he's been out there, he's looked strong and he looked strong all of last year when he was out there. So yeah, it's kind of exactly. Okay. So we got 6,200 for a flex. I will go with. A lot of options. Yeah. A lot of options. So uh, Gronk Higgins, Mike Williams, Javante Williams, Edward Hilaire. 
Yeah, yeah you got Jacobs, Gage, Pitts, Brown, Edwards, Lair, <laughs> Gordon. Uh, let's go. Yeah, let's go Edwards Lair. I I that matchup against Pittsburgh just sticks out to me. And even if Williams mixes in more on passing downs, I think that Edwards Lair has a chance to go for 100 yards on the ground this week. So that's what you Love need it. on DraftKings with the with the three point bonus. Yes. Yep. So yep, that leaves 400 on the table. This is a good amount. That means our lineup should be pretty differentiated. Um, even if we do have some guys in here that end up with high roster ship. So uh, Burrow 5900 against the Ravens. Running backs are Robinson at 5,900 against the Jets and Montgomery 5,700 at Seattle. And then Edward Dewey in the flex at 5,800 uh, against Pittsburgh. So a very cost-effective backfield, 57, 58, 59. Uh, then we got Jamar Chase bounce back spot against the Ravens at 7,100. Gabe Davis at 4,700 against the Patriots and Antonio Brown at 4,900 against the Panthers. Mark Andrews, the tight end at 7K. The Falcons defense at 2600. All right, let's go to FanDuel and you can start us off there. Let's go with, uh, let's start with Josh Jacobs at 6800. He sticks out there. Um, disappointed yesterday. Uh, I had his over 58 oh. and a half rushing yards. That he was had that. So... He had like 52 in the third quarter and he it, just didn't. You know what? I don't even want to rehash it. Let's go with Josh <laughs> Jacobs here. I think he bounces back. It wasn't his fault, to be honest. No. And no. it was that car, just ridiculous interception. I don't know why they didn't just run the ball once that drive. They they had time. They just needed a field goal, and they just chucked it up for that ridiculous pick. So, the, you know, Jacobs going under his prop wasn't his fault. That was more coaching staff, Derek Carr, but love him this week. All right, let's go with Ronald Jones here at 5,400. Jones nice. is more of a fan duel play um, yes. just because, as you mentioned, the receptions may not be there. So uh, 5,400, that leaves us with 6,829 for our remaining seven players on average. Okay, um, let's go with, so we went with Andrews on our DraftKings line. Let's go with Marquise Brown for this one. He kind of sticks out 6,400, just super high ceiling. And he's more of a FanDuel guy, you know. He's not really a PPR um, kind of guy. So let's go with Brown here and tap in his upside. All right. Uh, let's see here. All right, so I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Goddard here, 5,900. Fingers crossed that he survives this oh, yeah. game. Well, but uh, 5,900 is <laughs> too cheap for Goddard against this Giants defense that, again, gave a big game uh, to Dalton Schultz. So uh, Dallas Goddard, 5,900. Uh, that gives us 7,100 average for quarterback, two receivers, a flex, and a D. Love it. And I, I do like Hurts and Lamar Jackson on FanDuel. Um, we don't know if Lamar's going to play. Um, so I guess... Let's go with Hertz and again, cross our fingers, hope he survives tonight. Um, but yeah, Hertz is too cheap on Fandle at 7,700. All right. So, so we'd have, you know, we have a pretty healthy salary because we have 69.50 average, but we haven't taken a defense. Yet. Oh, yeah. So we can, uh, we can definitely spend up. Yeah, we can spend up. I am going to go with, let's go with our boy Deontay Johnson here at 7,400. I mean, Every week he's getting his his catches, uh, you know, bounce back spots, so maybe lower his roster ship a bit. And he's 300 cheaper than Allen, who we could also use. But, um, you know, Allen kind of, I think, is going to be on people's radar a little bit more than Johnson, just given what happened, you know, last week. So uh, let's go Johnson at 7,400. That gives us 6,800 for wide receiver three or, you know, a wide receiver, a flex, and a defense. All right. Well, I'll do the dirty work here and go with the defense. Uh, I'm looking at either the Jets or Jaguars as potential plays. No, I'm going to say. 
don't go with the Jaguars. How about the Jets then? Sure. I mean, Robert Sala, defensive guy, Jaguars, terrible team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, sure. 4,100. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So we're going to do it. We're going to spend 4,100 to get the Jets, but that's, that's how defense is. Uh, it's, it's completely unpredictable. So let's, let's go the Jets here. All right. Uh, so that leaves us 8150 average here. So Lord. <laughs> pretty much regardless of what I do, you're going to have a good amount uh, yeah. for the flex. I'll go receiver. Uh, so yeah, let's go Keenan. Let's go. Wait, actually, no. Wait, who do we have at running back? Just because I, I don't need to. We, I don't want to leave you too much here. And then it's like, he's not. <laughs> yeah, let's let's kind of plan out the next two. Picks All right, you know together. what? Let's, let's just Cooper Cup it. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah it was do it. Tyreek, if he like Cooper Cup, there could be an even bigger drop off than normal. So. All right. So, yeah, you still got 6,500. So, you, and that's, you know, wide receiver or running back or a tight end uh, for the flex. So, you have some options. Yeah, I'm looking Edward at Javante. Javante. Oh, Edwards Hilaire is under. He's 65. Oh, he's right. So, we wouldn't be leaving any salary on the table, but we could do that. And we could crap. also switch our defense if we needed to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, oh, <laughs> I can get behind that. Let's go with Edwards Hilaire there and maybe we can spend down at defense. I like that idea. Okay. Right. Uh, we can go. I don't want to go Jaguars. I don't, I just don't. That's yeah. I believe. What about the Raiders against potentially drew lock at 3,900. So yeah, that would correlate nicely with our Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Oh yeah. Drew lock. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think Teddy's coming back. I mean, it's possible. Not that, I mean, no, but that makes a huge difference. If (laughs) if it is drew lock. Yeah. My projections are going to go up (laughs) for the uh, Raiders D. So yeah. Love that. Let's, let's say drew lock starts. Raiders defense, Josh Jacobs stack. Love it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> listen, I had the, uh, I did have the Bengals. So I was obviously paying close attention to this game. But how good was that play where Drew Locke just got the ball taken right out of his hand? Oh, yeah. I don't Drew think Locke, I've ever seen that before. I, I mean, I don't like him as a football player, but I like watching him. It's always exciting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it made for some, it made for a highly entertaining, like last few minutes of that game. Obviously, needed it after just like a brutal yeah. <laughs> um teddy bridgewater collision there which kind of yeah that was on the whole thing but oh man that was so scary I, I was watching that game with you i was rooting for your your uh plus three um and yeah when teddy went down that was so scary when he was like shaking on the ground um glad he was okay but that that and the parham injury mm-hmm. uh definitely shook me this week you hate seeing players down the ground shaking like that but uh uh, Glad to hear he's okay. Yeah, Elijah Riley. It happened to the uh, Jets player as well. Elijah. Oh Riley. yeah. Um. Yeah. Just some big hits, and then and then obviously, you know, then you know Arians wants to get a conversation started about the low hits as well because you know got the way Godwin got hit. Um. Uh, you know, so it's just, it was just a bad week in terms of some some real brutal injuries. Um. Yep. You know, in the NFL. So hopefully, hopefully it's better this week. Um. You know, maybe we'll get a higher scoring week, but uh, yeah, I like this lineup. Got Jalen Hurts at 7,700 against the Giants. Josh Jacobs at 6,800 stacked with the Raiders D at 3,900 uh, against Denver at home. Ronald Jones at just 5,400 at Carolina. Our receivers are Cooper Cup at 9,800 at Minnesota. Deontay Johnson, 7,400 at KC. And Marquise Brown, 6,400 at Cincinnati. Our tight end is Dallas Goddard, who is stacked with Hurts. Uh, so that's 5,900 for Goddard against the Giants, and then uh, our one overlapping player is Clyde Edwards-Elair, 6,500 at home 
as a favorite against the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, that is going to do it for our lineup building segment. Uh, again, be sure to check out actionnetwork.com. Our fantasy rankings, our projections are there. Um, so you can get the most up-to-date information because I imagine things will be changing a whole lot uh, this week, even if it's not just amongst the guys we're talking about on this podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, just there's always guys you know going on and off the COVID list. So uh, keep updated with that. There's also Saturday games, you know, so don't forget that you may have to make some decisions a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, you can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me at Chris Raybon, and you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app where you can track all your bets or follow ours. Be sure to check out fantasylabs.com as well for our DFS content, pools, and models. Uh, and one more thing I want to mention, uh, if you have a moment, please give us a rating on Apple or Spotify. Uh, Spotify actually just added the ability to rate and review. So, um, you know, really looking to get those rating and reviews up here. You guys have been great. Uh, Thank you for listening all year long uh, and have a happy, happy holiday. Until next time, let's get this money.